We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bull, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandal Affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, Chris Hammond, and we are coming to you live on YouTube or in audio and podcast form wherever you get your podcasts, and I am joined today by The Professor, Brian Marceau, how are you doing, Brian? It's a great day, man. Yeah, you keep knocking the basketball podcasts out of the park, man. You're doing, you're, you're. I'm surprised you have time for us here. <laughs> we have the best of all time, Alex the Boatman, who wanted to be known as top of the league, glory, glory, man. You today, we told him Ixnay, that's not happening. <laughs> and it's always a pleasure, Chris. Always a pleasure. Great day when Man United's top of the league. First time in eight years. I'm pretty happy. It's hard to really ruin my day at this point. And then joined behind the scenes, running the show from the shadows. We have bring the hammer down. Dallas Hammer. Dallas, how are you doing? I am doing good. I am excited to talk to another Vandal broadcasting legend today. Yeah, you, you just hinted at it. Our guest today, a man who wants crowd surfed during the beast quake he's the co-host of ktik's idaho sports talk with prater in the ball game where you can often find him forcefully inflating the egos of a junior college that has problems selling out more than one game a year but better known to our listeners is the man who once ruled the radio waves in moscow idaho johnny the ball game malori how are you johnny I have, oh, man, Johnny Mallory, I'm really excited to be with you guys right now, Chris. Holy smokes, man. You know, I'm a big Vandal fan, obviously. Um, I went there, and uh, it's really it's really a, it's a fun experience. I asked you guys to be on this show. I, I've been following you guys. I'm a Tubbs at the Club fan. I went there. I lived what you guys did, and hell yeah. Let's get after it, man. I'm excited how, to talk with you guys. How was my uh, my introduction? Uh, how was my ball game introduction on the Prater meter there? I, you, you come up with some good ones for Prater. I, I was trying to embrace my inner ball game when introducing you. The crowd surfing at the Beast Quake is a true story. Um, that was wonderful. But Hammond, it's Mallory. It rolls Mallory. off your tongue. Mallory. None of this Mallory shit. <laughs> hey, you know? <laughs> It's 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 Hamond and boat. Uh, no, no excuses. Can't come up with it. But uh, you know, we thought we'd have you on. We talk a little vandals. We talk. I mean, we got some Seattle sports. You are on the show in the tent. Peyton, I got the Sonics on. We're coming. Oakland's coming to you live from the neighborhood of Ballad in Seattle, Washington. This is surprisingly it started as a Seattle show. Has now morphed. Uh, you're a, a well, now you're a Ballard playing. guy, Chris. You're a Ballard. No, he used I to was. be. I'm a Ballard Bowman guy. And I live like two blocks from each other in Ballard. The original guy I started this with, TJ Hopkins. We used to do it at an what empty office on 56, uh, right there at the Bartels, and we just recorded podcasts. Now I'm in Boise now. Marceau's in Coeur d'Alene. Boatman's in Ballard. We got Dallas Hammer in Spokane, and we got Sean Kramer all the way out 
in uh, Taiwan, and then Martin. Where's he now? Yeah, Crame Dog. I don't know where that guy. He's a he's a global dude. I'm a Bellevue guy in Seattle, mm. so or and I'm I'm a, I was a rich kid. If you guys think so, I'm from are Bellevue, you, right? Are you you're, um, you you're a Bellevue Bellevue High, or where are you, Issaquah? Newport Newport High School, Newport. not Bellevue, hey. but close to it. And uh, yeah, Seattle. man. Uh, so so Seattle folks, man, represent it. Um, hell yeah, man. I'm, let, 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 let's, let's go, man. Fire away. What you got for me tonight, man? All right. well, what you we, got on this? We want to thank you for joining us, and uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates Eight percent of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. Supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, a light American log for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. Around the bar, let's open it up. Start pouring some taps. I mean, we got to start obviously with ball game. Give us a quick background, your time as a vandal, and how you got the moniker Johnny Ball Game. Dude, high school going that that far back. I was the guy at high school who organized the NCAA bracket tournament. I was doing fantasy football leagues since fourth grade. You know, I was just that geek. You know, talking fantasy football trades on the back of the school bus. So I, I, I was just Johnny Ballgame. My buddies nicknamed me that, and it just kind of stuck throughout high school and then into college. And then when I got into the radio business, I was like, I, I'm just going to stick with it, you know. Um, I, I went to the University of Idaho to do broadcasting. Like, that was the whole goal. I went there. I wanted to have my own sports radio show. And um, Idaho was very fortunate. I loved my time there. I loved the – and Vandals. I was there at a pretty good time for Vandal Athletics. I'm sure we'll get there a little bit later, but KUOI, the radio station, um, the Argonaut, and uh, KUID, the TV station. I took advantage of all of that stuff. So that's kind of how I how I was able to get this going. And you kind of got to get lucky at some point, you know, and I started the Johnny Ball Game show on KUOI, the radio station on campus there, and I maybe had two or three weeks of work, and all of a sudden, Tom Morris, who was the then football play-by-play broadcaster, he was looking for a play-by-play for the women's basketball team, and he was calling some people, he was interviewing some people, wasn't having any luck, so he called the student station and said, hey, do you guys have a sports guy there? And Andy Jacobson, the then um, uh, station manager, was like, uh, dude, I actually have a guy. This guy's money. You might want to interview him. So he told me, and they connected me. You guys remember Lefties at the Moscow Pole at the mall? Yes. It was, an old, it was an old burger joint. Hell yeah. So that's where the interview was. And I had never done play-by-play in my life, not for a second. I had never been on the air. I wanted to. I was a sports fan, but I had never done it. So I'm interviewing for this job, and I'm, you know, trying to pump myself up going into lefties like, this is a big moment for you. Like, come on, you know, get this, nail this, you know. 
And um, at the end of the interview, Tom Morris is like, well, you know, I know you don't have any experience, but I'm going to hire you. I'm going to offer you the job. You know, do you want to be the women's play-by-play broadcaster? And, and, and it was one of those things where you want to just jump up and, like, karate kick and karate chop and punch in your living room. Like, hell yeah, I just got this gig. But I had to kind of keep it in. I thought, I was like, yeah, no, no, it's cool. No, I'll take it. I'll do that. Yeah, you know, I want, yeah, sure, I'll take the job. And he was saying, well, you have to travel. So you're going to go to Hawaii. You're going to go to San Jose. You're going to go to Reno. Like, this was the old whack, you know, where you had pretty good. I mean, you're going to go to Ruston, Louisiana, and see Carl Malone Court there, you know. Like, <laughs> that was that was great. And um, so I got the gig, man. And 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 the first time he had me call a, a game, a, a, a preseason game type of thing, and I wasn't on the air. I just called it on my own, okay? And he's like, record it on this gear, come back to my office on Monday, and let's listen to it, and I'll grade you. And it was so – can I swear on this or no? You yeah. prefer not yep. to. No. This, it was so fucking bad. I sucked. <laughs> I, was, I was so bad, dude, that <laughs> I couldn't go back to Tom Morris's office and let him listen to this. Because I knew he was going to pull the plug on me, and he's going to say, hey, you're a nice guy and stuff, but mm, we, we can't have you calling <laughs> women's basketball here. You're, you, you suck. So I lied to him, and I told him that I messed up on the, on the equipment, and it wouldn't record. I flat out lied to him and because I couldn't have him listen to it, man. It was that bad. So <laughs> anything, it worked. Eventually, I got better. It paid, dude, at the time, it paid – 250 bucks a game, two wow. games a week. I was a college student. I still had class when I got this job. So I had to have my, my professors, Kenton Bird, Glenn Mosley, love you, Glenn. All these teachers were like, hey, dude, you can, you can leave our class because you're working. This is a paid job. You're a broadcaster. So most of them were really cool with it. But 250 bucks a game, that's 500 bucks a week, guys, two games yeah. a week. Traveling around, hanging out with all these pretty women in the country. This was awesome. I loved it. So that's how I got my start. Um, uh, long story long, I guess, on that. But that's kind of how I got started in broadcasting. And since then, I just tried to work my way through the circuit in both play-by-play and talk radio. I mean, I kept my show there at, at, at KUOI, the Johnny Ballgame show, because I wanted to – I wasn't sure at that point, guys, if I wanted to do play-by-play or sports talk radio. So I just kept both avenues open, which I would recommend anybody watching this, whoever wants to be a broadcaster, do everything. And uh, yeah. I've been I've been lucky, man. It's worked it's worked out. But yeah, yeah. I guess I guess to answer your question there in a weird way, hey, I'm no, all over the place, you guys. So yeah, as sorry. Brian says, we didn't bring you on to not tell stories. So. <laughs> I got yep. Yeah, okay, cool. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> um, yeah, you kind of tell us on this, John. Uh, how did you end up from a KUOI in Moscow, back there behind the the Albertson Building on a hillside, to now uh, have having uh, you know your own show on there in KTIK down in Boise? Like, what's that journey like for you? Well, I, I'm really lazy, but I'm mega talented, so it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> Right, Just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So, 
Yeah, at that point, I did the play-by-play gig at Idaho for three years. One year with Mike DeVilbis, two years with John Newley, who's a badass. I love Newley. Um, So that was three years there. And I was working at Bed Bath & Beyond at the mall there in Moscow um, when it wasn't basketball season. And I was partying a lot. I I was, I've already graduated, but some of my friends still live there and whatnot. So... Um, after my third year calling basketball, you know, I thought I was going to have all these offers. Like, you know, Rob Spear came up to me after a game. who's like ball game. You're going to be an NBA play by play guy, you know, cause Rob Spear was one of the only guys who ever listened to me. Nobody listened to women's basketball, but the AD did Rob Spear listened to every damn game. So he's like, dude, you're the best broadcaster we got going on there. You're going you're gonna to go to the NBA. And I was like, hey, thanks, Rob. You know, good stuff. No, I didn't get to go to the NBA, man. More like high school <laughs> level. You know, more like high school the following couple of years. So I left Moscow and I got a job in LeGrand, Oregon, northeastern Oregon, um, a town that I'm kind of from. Um, they had a small radio station and I just kind of went in there and sold them on, Hey, let me do my show. I'll sell it. I'll get out there and sell the show. So you don't have to really pay me a salary and I want to do high school sports. So we got all these high school teams. Let's broadcast high school football, basketball, baseball. And I want to do the John. I want to bring the Johnny ball game show here. And the station was cool with it. You know, like, like, I mean, I wasn't making anything, man. They actually, you know, it was a tough gig, like really scraping by, but I was doing what I loved, man. And that's, yeah. that's always been the rub for me. Do I want to push making money versus waking up, not saying I don't want to go to work today, you know, because that's how I was my whole life. I woke up in the morning. I didn't want to go to school and I didn't want to go to work, man. I wanted to play video games and watch sports, you know, and the job I have, the jobs I've had the last now 10 years or whatever, I wake up in the morning and I pop out of bed, dude. Like I want to go to work. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. Holy smokes. We got Scotty Pippen on tomorrow. You know, something like that. I got Randy Moss. I'm going to talk to tomorrow. John Harbaugh. I'm going to talk to tomorrow. I don't want to lay in bed all day. I want to prep all night and I'm going to give John Harbaugh the best questions he's ever had, you know? So I started there in LeGrand actually, you know, and I left Moscow and um, from there I had success in LeGrand two years later. I was, I got a job um, in Ontario, Oregon at another small station. I was there six months. And then after that, um, ESPN Boise came to Boise and they were fresh. They were new. They were young. It was a new ESPN affiliate. And I got offered, you know, to, to host a show on ESPN radio in Boise, Idaho. I did that for four years just to wrap this up. Had a good four years there. Had some family issues. Four years later, I moved back to LaGrande and got my old job back in Oregon. And I did that for the last four years until they came calling at KTIK for my current job. And they said, let's bring you back to Boise and team up with Mike Prater and kick some ass. And my girlfriend lives in Boise. So I was doing LaGrande to Boise commute for like two years. It's like, I don't know, two and a half hours away in distance. So now, you know, if I wouldn't have taken the job and stayed in LaGrande, my girlfriend would have left me. 
you know. Yeah. So I I hit that one, Grant. No, go ahead. No, man, I, I've done enough fucking talking, man. That's go for it. Uh, Dallas can pull up a little surprise for you here in a second, but I know that station because when you're driving from Seattle to Boise, I'm usually doing it Saturday, Sundays, or whatever, and there's a game on, and you're just flipping through all those channels uh, trying to find the NFL games. Oh, I'm looking for the uh, KTIK photo. Oh, 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 sorry. I'm on the wrong. No, that's all right. Photo. There's a little little known fact about me that's never been shared on this podcast. Uh I'm 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 in a roundabout way part of the KTIK family. There's little Chris for those on YouTube and my oh, ESPN nice. KTIK back when they're AM thirteen fifty. Uh, yes, the KTIK Grizzlies, the only Grizzlies I'll ever pull for. So good stuff, <laughs> man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyways, so it's uh, Johnny. Right, I'm, I'm supposed to transition to like best vandal memories or stuff like that, but I have a you have a connection with us. I just realized, and I, I think it, the listeners need to know the answer. So Dallas and I right now, we're covering a men's basketball team that has 91 wins in the last two years and change. You covered play-by-play, which, I mean, I mean, we're doing 30 minutes a week. You, uh, let's just say, did more than 30 minutes a week of a women's basketball team that was 4-25. and 25. So I guess my question is, how the hell did you do that? Great question. And I talk about this a lot, Brian. Like when you were a play-by-play guy, a radio guy with a team that's massively struggling, I mean, that struggle trickles its way down all the way to broadcast, to the to the radio guy, okay? That coaching staff, my first year, they knew they were in hot water. Okay, they knew, they knew it. They were losing players. Players were transferring. The team sucked. I mean, uh, we'd have games, man, and and it was real. It was tough. We'd have games where on the first media timeout. Okay, we're at we're at we're at the Pavilion before. No, we're at Taco Bell Arena. Okay, we're playing Boise, and this was the one game we didn't fly to. We took the bus down, and that's fine and whatever, but. First media timeout, which is under 16 minutes, okay, first half. Boise State's beating the Vandals like, it's like 27 to 6, okay? First media timeout. And that was the worst game I've ever been a part of. Not to mention that I spilled a freaking Coke all over my notes, like, during the game. I didn't have, like, a spot or anybody with me, so I'm trying to call the game and clean up this freaking mess. I'm worried that it's going to get in my gear. Anyway, they get their ass kicked by about 50. I don't even remember. You'd have to look it up, Marceau. It would have been, what, 08 Vandals in Boise. I mean, they shredded us, dude. Um, Customarily, after the end of the game, we do our post-game show. And I'm sure a lot of people were listening to a women's basketball post-game show when they just got their ass kicked by Boise State of all teams by about 50 points, right? So... Coach DeVilbis, I'm waiting. Hey, we're going to get coach here in six minutes. We're going to talk about this. And now, you know, like, it's, it's tough. Like, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, man. Like, what the hell am I going to ask this guy? <laughs> he doesn't show up, okay? So I keep stalling and stalling. We're going to go to another commercial break on the Ford Idaho Vandal postgame show, and we'll try to be back with Coach DeVilbis. And all of a sudden, one of the one of the members of the of the travel party, the, the athletic trainer, comes and she says, "Hey, ball game. We're leaving in four minutes." Coach Devilbus said, if, "If if you're not with us, we're going to leave you here." 
And I was like, well, I got my interview with Coach. It's in his contract. He's got to give me an interview after every game. And she's like, hey, don't kill the messenger, right? And I'm like, all right. So I wrap it up. I tell my producer, hey, Coach isn't coming. So I wrap up my gear. I run on the bus. I don't say anything to him, obviously. I hop on the bus. I'm all like, hey, dude, why the hell didn't you show up? Like, I just, you know, I just stone-faced it. Didn't even look at him. Went to my seat. And there's where the story comes in. We're driving back up to Moscow after we just got, you know, we got our teeth knocked out. They murder-faced us. Um, what was the final? 74 to 40. I'm shocked we scored 40. Shocked. <laughs> I don't know how that came from. Yinka Olarunafe must have had a double-double that night. Um, anyway, she was a good player. So anyway, we're driving home, and it's like stone silent, right? They ordered like 15 pizzas. We got hooked up with food, trust me. Being, being, but first of all, being a radio guy, you guys, it's like you're a D1 scholarship athlete. Like You get to experience everything, the locker room, the bus, the airplanes, it's it's an inside view that at the time I had no idea it existed. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. So anyway, the girls are in the back and like one or two of them giggles just a little bit. Like someone said something funny and there was like a <laughs> coach DeVilbis hears the giggle. Okay. And he gets up and he just goes, starts going, Oh, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I think he said bullshit like 14 straight times. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And he's walking down to the end of the bus and he gives them this lecture. He gives them this lecture, and I'm just sitting in my seat. You know, what do you do, right, when, when the coach is yelling at the girls on the team? You're just sitting there like, eh, you know, I'm not really listening to this, but, oh, yeah, I'm listening to every word here. This is awesome type of ass chewing. And uh, he, he probably had a you know, good 20 minutes, but I just remember the bullshits. Like, you are not going to laugh. You are not going to giggle. You guys just got your ass kicked by your rival. From the opening tip, and now something said somebody said something that's funny. What? What's so funny? What's funny? Anyway, but uh, one of many. But yeah, that first year, Brian, when we went, what was it? Four and seventy-seven. I can't even remember now. <laughs> Four and twenty-five. Four and twenty-five. Ah, oh, man, that was uh, it was my first year on the gig, so I liked it. But yeah, it was better when John Newley showed up. So. <laughs> So, all right, well, I don't know if we should peg this. Now, go some positive, right? Uh, favorite Vandal – it can either be a game you called. Maybe we'll do both. Game you called and favorite Vandal game as a Vandal. God, dude. Favorite game was the – Were they? what were they calling it? Was it – I don't know if it was the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on no. December 30th of 2009. Rowdy. Rody's Humanitarian Bowl. Rody's yep. Humanitarian Bowl. Uh, as a fan, not being involved, my proudest moment is the Vandal. And I, you know, I was good buddies with a lot of guys on that team, especially Max Komar. Me and Max got to be Auburn. really good friends. I love, yeah, Auburn Riverside, bro. Don't forget the Riverside. Um, <laughs> Max Komar was a was was a great dude, man. We got to be friends because he was his girlfriend was the point guard on the basketball team my first year calling games. And so he would go to the games, and he was like the only guy there, you know? 
So I was like, oh, there's Komar sitting there. So I used to bring him over at halftime. I would ask Rob Spear, hey, can I interview Komar at halftime? Football player, this and that. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Interview whoever you want, ball game. So me and Komar got to be good buddies because he was watching his girlfriend and the Cowan Spectrum was freaking empty, dude. Empty. Charlotte Otero, the point guard, once had to tell me to shut up when she was on the free throw line because it was that quiet. Um, but so I was cool with Komar and, and Enderly and Eddie Williams was before and Big Mike, Shiloh K.O. and I had a radio show on KUOI, Ball Game and K.O. Um, we had our own show. So those guys were, I mean, that was the, that, I love that team. And Rob Akey was awesome and he hit it with that squad. That might be a whole nother podcast on what happened to the 09 Vandal team. But my proudest moment was Enderly. Four touchdown passes in that H bowl. Komar caught the game winner after he dropped like three balls. Terrible game. Awful one catch. Game. One catch. Yeah, right. One catch. Right. Go down right. the legend. Was, yeah, Demondre Woolridge, fucking beast. I love that team. That, that team. that team was so loaded. They had like 14 NFL training camp guys, you know? Yeah. Shiloh. Like, that team Green was loaded. Road. The team was yeah. Eric Greenwood was in camp with Pittsburgh. Enderley was Shiloh. drafted. Kellen Moore wasn't. Shiloh drafted. That team Eddie was Williams awesome. Drafted. Yeah, I love Eddie Williams. Yeah, that team was loaded. So that was my favorite like moment. That was my favorite game. Like just jumping up and down in the living room at my buddy Gavin's house when they won that. Um, so that was my favorite moment. Um, as far as like broadcasting a game. Um, I called a game on KUOI for the student station. This would have been 08, okay? 08, yeah. This was Kellen Moore's redshirt freshman year when Boise State came up. And they still had Ian Johnson on the team. And I worked with Ian on ESPN Boise. Me and him got to co got to host shows together. That was a trip, dude. Um, but so I remember being on the sidelines before the game, just watching everything. And when Boise State showed up, it was a – I mean, guys, I know you hate hearing this, but it was a really big deal. Like, it was like yeah. an NFL team was running in, running through the, the tunnel on the Kibbe. And the fans, you guys remember. I hope you 3D do, cameras. When, when, yeah, the 3D camera was there. When Boise State showed up, it was such a fun – once every other year. Moscow turns into the best college football town in the country. You know, all the bars. You can't get into the corner club. You're going to Mingles. You're going to CJ's. You're going to the alley. You're going the to the garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? You can't go anywhere. Everything's small. But Boise State's in town. So calling a game for the student station, when that calling that Boise State team, because you still had Ian, and obviously Kellen was a redshirt freshman, but he was killing it. That would that would have been that would have been my uh, my my best broadcasting moment or, or fondest memory or whatever the hell you guys were saying. I, I ramble on so long, guys. I forget what the fucking question is. <laughs> <laughs> John, you, you uh, mentioned uh, one place there that's uh, close to our hearts, and it's the Corner Club. What's a what's a, what's a favorite memory of yours in the in the club there? I, okay, one time. I if you have any memories, because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we all we all might not. Yeah, they kind of go away <laughs> around midnight. <laughs> Best one I had was there's this girl that I had a couple classes with. 
and um, you know, flirting here and there and whatnot. And one night, you know, me and my buddies stumble into the club, you know, 115, 130 ish. Because it gets so packed. I mean, the club from like 11 to 130, you know, that's not really my scene having to. Uh, you know, Bottles. Bottles, thumbs on the tops. I learned right. that secret. So I showed, a, we a, showed it's, up. It's an art. It's an art. You know, and you don't want and you don't want to be the guy who gets there before everybody either. It's nice, but you're you're the guy who's at the club before anybody. It's a, it's a, it's a fine line, gentlemen. Um, but I showed up once. Sell tubs after eleven. That's for sure. That just it just spills on everybody. No, you know, man, Chris I started. It's tied up, tied elbows. Take, take like two or three drinks, tied elbows. It keep it up high, and you're good. Dude, that's why I'm bottles, good. thumbs on the. Thumbs on the leg. I guess I'm, I'm a little taller, them. too. Mm. You get the Rainiers, they'll give you the cap for the riddle, and then you screw those back on. Mark, turn this off. If you listen, you throw the other two. Back pocket, pull your shirt down, and you got four that you just mingle on throughout the night. Beautiful. My best memory, and I'll, this will be quick, there was a girl that I've been talking to, and I showed up at like 120 with my boys, and she was there, and she was having had been having a lot of fun that night. And she was basically – I was there 10 minutes – and she was like, oh, hey, hey, you know, let's get out of here. And I was like, hell yeah. I, that didn't happen to me a lot when I was in Moscow, fellas, where I show up and some pretty co-ed comes up to me and says, uh, let's get out of here. But it happened once at the club, and that was my best memory. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, that's the place it. to happen. You, uh, you can't beat it. <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. Yeah. Now, I know See, producer- I'm a vandal. Yeah, exactly. hey, we're gonna well, make you earn it right here. Producer Dallas, yeah, a hammer down. Dallas is about to bring the hammer down. He did some deep digging, uh, and he's got some things he wants you to defend to get that vandal cred back. Uh, before we could carry on this episode, he's got some tweets so, of yours to defend. I stalked his Twitter account. Uh, the first thing I saw this is seven years ago. This is the first instance of hashtag Bronco Nation. Uh, speaking of, of sellouts, some people would say you sold out by becoming a uh, Boise State broadcaster. But uh, what do you say here? I, I could never hashtag Bronco Nation. I don't think any of us could hashtag Bronco Nation. How do you How spell did you, Bronco? B O Z O D O N K E L P Y S. All right, keep them coming. I got you. Okay, that's fair. Seven now, years you, ago, but okay. I know, I know you worked with, with Ian Johnson. Love this. Yeah, Come me on. And, yeah. Okay. This? Wait, hold up. Hey, Dallas, do us a favor oh. because some people are listening. Make sure to read oh, yes. so that our Sorry. listeners can follow along because we do want to give Johnny as much shit as possible. That is good. <laughs> good you. point. So the first picture I pulled up is a quote unquote sellout at Taco Bell Arena for their basketball team. The second picture is Ryan Clady and Ian Johnson with Johnny writing. Love this classic hashtag Boise State picture. Put both these dudes in the BSU hashtag HOF. And then he tagged them both. Uh, this was from December 5th, 2014. Uh, yep. More um, recently. Like I said earlier. Yeah. Keep going. No, no, go for it. If you've got, if you've got, well, defense, like said, you got man, defense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, man, me and Ian, you know, we work together. I remember bugging Ian in the parking lot of the ESPN Boise radio station, having him tell me, Adrian Peterson stories and shit. He's he's got great stories. So when you 
when you work with somebody and it's and it's at a professional level and you're in Boise and Ian's on the show and I, I don't know maybe maybe I did sell out a little bit but I, that was a cool picture man is Clady holding them up man like you know I was on the air there I'll tell you this and this is this is where I'm, I'm coming back at you Vandal fans it seems to me in my experiences because I'm the guy where I'm in Boise, but everybody in Boise hates me because I'm a vandal. And everybody in Moscow hates me because I'm in Boise. Like, I can't win on this shit, you know? Um, but for me, vandal fans enjoy a Boise State loss more than a vandal win. And yeah. that's what I don't understand. And my on the back of the loss. It, if we start right? winning, I mean, that would change. Like, but when you're it losing, <laughs> it should change. No, no dude, there's um, a better answer. There's a better answer to this. Yeah, Brian. It has to do with the educational superiority of the University of Idaho over Boise State, <laughs> which is that Vandals. And I, and I, who, and I have never go. once went on the air and argued in favor, educationally oh. speaking, of Boise State football oh, team. Of course. Riverside, uh, Riverside we're, Tech. We're not lobbing that accusation at you. It, what it is is we have we obviously have enough vandals who've done things like you uh, you know you watch or read Shakespeare uh, and even though you have other interests you know there's a little bit of a highbrow background to a vandal and we just know that one of the underrated treasures of life is watching the misfortune of others. <laughs> who doesn't, who doesn't yeah, love to see Alabama football lose or the Patriots lose? And when I, the, I love it too. You're right, but exactly I don't when enjoy the. When, when the media darling of of ESPN for the first hat first part of the last decade we had was was uh, five hours away from Moscow, and all oh they all love Boise State they all love Boise State they should get a shot in the natty with Kellen Moore it's like shut up Bro, that I went to school I graduated with Dan Goodell and I will tell you when he missed that kick against TCU I was definitely the first one cheering it so. I've talked never to Dan about that. it. Oh, I was like, man. you know, man, there's a bunch of us Timberline High guys that were up in Moscow in a basement in the fraternity, and when you missed that kick, we were not sad. I will tell you that. Yeah. We felt like you were still on our team. Go Wolves. Look, <laughs> I like seeing those teams lose, but I would rather watch a Mariner win than a Yankee loss. I'd rather the those Seahawks are... win than the 49ers lose. And Vandal fans – and I get it. Idaho hasn't done a hell of a lot in the last 15 years, program for program, to get you to sit, stand on your soapbox and say, you know, we the you know, tried and true with the North, you know, everything, right? And 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 it just drives me crazy sometimes where Vandal fans root for Boise to lose more than their own team to win. There's also one more thing, not joking, that to me, I don't know how many fans actually think of this, but. To me, it's part of my equation, is that there have been, there are a couple instances of what I call like uh, public B Boise State, what I maybe hatred, maybe digs that goes a little bit beyond the typical rivalry. And what I mean is, of course, uh, Bob Kustra, the nasty and inebriated, did not come down to Moscow anymore. But also, down. what I think is indefensible, and it's actually a question I had for you, is. So, like, football, of course. Like, the, the rivalry is not going to exist while we're not in the same classification. And the rivalry also, I mean, was quote-unquote a rivalry because, in truth, you know, Vandals might hate me for this, Boise State has separated themselves from much of the group of five. 
they're not, you know, obviously not power five exactly, but group of five, they're a very good program. But Olympic sports are different. We should have a rivalry that is treated as a typical rivalry with home and home series. And like our administration has been open. There is one reason that we don't have that. And it entirely has to do with Boise State's administration. So I guess my, that's the kind of the transition point anyway. For me, Johnny, is what are your thoughts on yeah. the sta- on Boise, on Olympic sports? Again, just bracket football, something different. Let's talk about Olympic sports for a second. Totally pisses me off. Uh, this is ridiculous that, that Boise State and Idaho can't do. I want an in-season home-and-home yeah. home doubleheader for basketball, women and men, okay? In-season, play each other twice. If not, fine, do the whole – um, uh, CenturyLink Arena thing or rotate home and home. It is such a freaking joke that Idaho and Boise State don't play in men's basketball. I mean, yeah. get off it. You know, pull your freaking underwear out of its butt crack there and let's get this going. I understand football may not work anymore. Yes, Boise State has elevated itself as a program where they're saying, it doesn't behoove us to go to Moscow. It, 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 there's no win there. Screw you. We're not going there. And that's what Boise State, led by Bob Kustra, said to Idaho. Rob Spear, a good friend of mine, was saying, hey, okay, at the end there, we'll go down there twice for every time you come up here once. Bob Kruster, the AD at the time, still, I'm sorry, the AD at the time was Mark Coyle, I believe, in Boise, and he was still saying, no. Not enough. We just don't want to do it anymore. Our nose is too far in the air. We don't want to play you anymore. Vandals are too nasty and inebriated. Yep. You know, well, here's the other thing. It really helped the Bronco fan base for some stupid, idiotic reason didn't want the game either. Boise State fan just loved it that like, oh, we're too good to play you anymore. Sorry. Bye-bye. Like, that's how they felt. And at that time, I'm thinking, you guys are you guys are morons on this. That's the That was the biggest sporting event in the state of Idaho. I told you earlier, my highlight in broadcasting at Idaho was a game I was on the fucking student station broadcasting an Idaho-Boise State game when the Kibbe Dome had people outside begging to get in for standing room. It was, it was, it was mega. It was fantastic, you know? And, and for that to go away, because Boise State fans supported it. Boise State fans didn't want to even kick Idaho's ass anymore. Like, it's, oh, we don't want to kick their ass. Let's go kick. Let's kick Portland Troy State. State. Let's kick, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll play Portland. We'll bring Portland State on the blue. Like, that's let's how Marshall. Arrogant it got. Yep. Oh, yeah. Let's yep. play that's Troy. How, yeah, let's play, bring in a Sunbelt team, not name Idaho. You know, it was yeah. like, yeah. what? And, but, and Boise State fans liked that. They liked it. Like, yeah, screw you, Idaho. We're not even going to play you. That's how bad you are. And see, but that's in basketball, Olympic sports, anyway, in Olympic sports, the fact that they're not playing in men's basketball, and I, I guess, I mean, this year, I mean, Leon would have put 50, 60 points on, on Claws this year. But hopefully yeah. at some point they can get that back. They can corporate sponsor it, get Simplot, Get Albertsons, get some of these big businesses to put money behind it. 
<laughs> make it a women's event. Yeah, your sponsor. Get women's <laughs> in men's basketball on a double header or something. I think there's yep. money to be made there. That's gonna that's gonna better both programs than Boise State playing like Santa Clara or yeah. Idaho playing uh, Pacific. No, yeah. play each other. It's ridiculous that they're not playing and. Hopefully by next year they're gonna play. I hope they do. I think it's coming, guys. I we, really we do. had we had Scott Green on uh, middle of December as our holiday special, and he yeah. we brought that up. And he specifically, uh, long story short, for those that haven't listened, solid plug, go back listen to it. Um, but his whole thing was, we have opened up discussions. We are very interested. We are just going to make sure it is right for Idaho. So what he basically says, because Scott Green, he's doing a great job. That was probably the best hire Idaho's made in the past 50 years, but okay. maybe other than Dennis Erickson. But, I mean, he was basically like, yeah, I mean, we're not going to come to Boise 10 straight years. You know, basically, like, we're not going to get screwed on this. But, yeah, that game needs to happen. And you brought it up kind of the Boise State fan perspective. is something that when I moved back to the center of the universe down here from Seattle, I started, you know, got went to the office first day. Everybody's kind of Broncos. You're typical Broncos, though, right? None of them graduated there. They're all just fans. Uh, no no alumni. And they brought up, like, we're sitting there, and they come in. I'm like, oh, you you get it, right? You're a Vandal. So, like, and you're in, you're in Boise. They go, oh, you're a Vandal? God, they suck. How's your football team? Da, 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 da. Oh, God, you guys stink. Da, da, da. But then they're saying people going, so why don't you root for Boise? You live in Boise. And I'm just like, you don't root for Idaho, and you live in Idaho. And then I finally took my one guy who they also brought down from the Seattle area. No connection. Uh, to any any Boise State Idaho, he's a UW kind of he kind of pulls for them. Not a big college football guy. I finally look at him one day because some guy's giving me enough crap, and uh, I just go, "Hey, have you noticed? Not one time have I gone out of my way and insulted Boise State. It is always the Boise State people who claim it's not a rivalry anymore go out of their way to put me down for being a vandal." And I go, "All I want." Quit saying it's not a rivalry. When you guys, obviously, we're still living rent-free in your headspace, man. You're bringing it up to me way more than I bring it up to you. And that's what I love. They wanted to do the whole snooty, we're not going to play you anymore. But then they will take every crack shot at you they can while still saying, oh, but we don't care about you. I'm like, man, come on. Actions speak louder than words. You guys care a whole lot. But I, was I just on don't a think show. they could fathom losing to us again is the issue. I was on a show tonight. A buddy of mine hosts a sports radio show on ESPN Fresno. And I was on his show. And my God, dude, like the Fresno fans freaking hate Boise and Boise State too. Like not as pure as Idaho does, but, you know, and I'm not going on defending them. I know this fan base, my audience every day. Yeah, they're arrogant. They will tell you that. Yeah, they're better than you. Yeah, you're not as good as them, so they're not going to entertain you anymore. Like, that's who they are, and, and, and they own that. And that's that's kind of the foundation, the philosophy of that fan base. Like, you know, if they would have hired somebody else outside of the Bronco family for the football position, like, it would have been a, a major deal. People would have, like, been outraged. And, you know, they got to keep it in the family. And, you know, as far as they're concerned – you don't know anything about football unless you've coached at Boise State. We can't have any football people coming in here with their stuff. No, no, no. We have our foundation and our culture, and that's how it's going to be. So um, well, I'm with you. But long, you know, um, I, I know we got a million things to talk about. But yeah, hell yeah. Let's start I think playing. That brings you know, up. Let's start playing in Olympic sports again, especially men's re- and women's basketball. Let me rephrase the question real quick, and then to, just to shift over. So, like Johnny, the question was. How 
like why do vandals or like how could vandals appreciate a bsu loss more than idaho win and then you spend we spend 10 minutes talking about bsu arrogance towards idaho so let me rephrase it to you how the hell could a vandal fan not be ecstatic to watch that lose you love it and i'm with you but but <laughs> a, a higher level of ecstasy than the vandals winning a game like to me i mean that's first and foremost your team wins after you get that then you root for all the teams you hate to lose there's a pecking order here gentlemen and vandal fans they don't have one it's hey, just boise I, state loses and then that's all we really care about i mean I, i've noticed it guys this is this is not just like a year or two this is going back to like 06 07 08 oh, yeah. right after really right after ian johnson yes, and the, the proposal ball. like really i mean yeah but hey, I'll say this, everybody on this show, real quick to just put this topic to bed. 16 potato, 9 humanitarian, 98 humanitarian, and maybe we'll throw in 19 upset of number 12 Eastern Washington. We all enjoyed those more than the miskicked against TCU or the Colin Kaepernick Nevada team that beat Boise State, right? Like I, I will 100% say 16 and 09, I had more euphoria than I did. It's just... Bronco losses ha seem to happen once or twice a year in most cases, which is sometimes more yeah. than Vandal D1 wins. And they're but. tragic losses. Kyle Bronson <laughs> missing the kicks in Reno. Oh, like, man, that, that was way to lose. Music like, to my heart that night. Dude, oh, that yeah. And I think, <laughs> you know, you, you referenced 98. My man, John Welch, the starting quarterback of that squad. Mm. Like, that was a good team, too. Idaho Beat the Cougs that year. Yeah. Hey, the sixteen hey, team takes the, the sixteen team takes the cake. So, wow, well, that's all I have to say. You I might be biased. Oh nine, oh nine, oh nine, dude. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm a little biased. I'm a, I'm a little biased. I was on the sixteen. I was on the sixteen team. My you covered? Oh, you played on that team, or you covered? Yeah, it? I, I'm a snapper. I was a snapper in Idaho. I played. Oh, good for you. You're a snapper. Great team. So, yeah, I got my bull ring sitting in the closet right now. So badass, man. Hard for me to worry. <laughs> you made us proud. You made us proud. I, I do just have to say, too, like I, I agree with you about those bowl games, but you brought up Bratzman. I was an undergrad at that time. Mm. That Monday I came back. I was watching a football game. It was just in Coeur d'Alene that weekend. I didn't have to say anything. The guys in my house, someone screwed something up. Hey, nice kick, Bratzman. Dude, free throws. Yeah. Every Boise State oh, game for like man. four years after that was just Bratzman. Rods. Anyways, uh, you guys, that was a Rose Bowl trip. If they won that game, yeah, that was, that was the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. Yeah, oh, Rose Bowl. Uh, was, yeah, they all that. Was, that yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you touched on it, and as one of the largest proponents of the hashtag Chopmena movement, uh, let's talk about the Andy Alvalos hire. You've been in Boise. You've been covering it. So, I mean, what do you see about it? And, and what do you think the reception? Because you know we're, we're Big Sky. We're part the Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. Our Montana State fans, I swear, were the quietest crickets. Like they were just terrified for two and a half weeks. I remember uh, one of the Ryan's finally going like, "This has been the longest coaching search I swear of my entire life." Because uh, it felt like every day it changed, right? Like uh, Kellen Moore. Avalos, and then all of a sudden it goes like Chope Menem, it was there. He's a candidate. They're flying the Bozeman. Oh, he got an interview. Now they're hiring the AD, and he's just like the highs of it looked like it was going to be Chote. And it, I mean, it went with Avalos. Your opinions on that, and then kind of what do you think it would have? What, what would have happened here in the center of the universe had Chote been named head coach over Avalos? Um, 
first off, I know those Montana State guys, we were talking to them too, and the way they spoke about Choate in that community um, really elevate, elevated my opinion on where that hire would have been. Um, I think that would have been a fine hire if they were to hire yeah. Jeff Choate, and it might have been better than hiring Andy Avalos. Boise State is broke, guys. They have no money. Yeah. And Andy Avalos helps in that capacity a lot more than Jeff Choate. Also, you know, Andy Avalos has been with the Oregon Ducks the last couple of years, recruiting better than any team in Western State, Western United States football yep. right now. Oregon dominates recruiting. And and he was a player here and a really good one. If you remember Andy Avalos, I remember those teams. He was a badass in the early 2000s when Boise State was fun, was a lot more fun to root for. When they were just a bunch of blue collar dudes and they didn't have shit. They weren't spoiled yet. Um, yeah. and, and Bronco Nation, like I said, you know, they, they want, you, you got to keep it in the family. They love it. Choate was here for six years. Chris Peterson brought him in in 06. He didn't play here. He didn't grow up like that whole thing. Would have been a nice hire. Good for the Bobcats and the big sky that they keep him, I think. Um, Avalos, uh, he won the press conference. I'll tell you guys that. Like people were real were A-OK. Now, Kellen would have been the greatest thing ever. Um, it would, it, I mean, it would have been the best thing ever for, for my profession in sports radio. If, if Kellen would have taken this gig, like, holy shit, dude. I've been the big. I yeah. mean, I, the money would have the money would have flown in the, the 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 season ticket sales. Like it's just crazy, you know. And for me personally, you know, I have, I have no shame in my game. I will name drop a motherfucker. Um, I'm sorry, I just said that word. Wow. Um, but <laughs> Kellen Moore, me and Kellen are cool. Like, like he'll return my texts and stuff. So I was really hoping <laughs> that, like, like, look at this. That's an this adult. is another defender tweet. Oh. <laughs> That's from Kellen Moore. That's from Kellen Moore. Oh. Um, so, like, you know, he he wanted Andy to get the gig, and 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 Kellen, I got a really cool Kellen story if you want me to tell it. But um, Kellen would have been the biggest thing ever. It didn't happen, but Andy was. Not even a close second. It was like like in horse racing. There's a one, and then there's a one A. And if you give us either of those, we are super cool with it. And that's where the fan base is right now. So um, I'll tell you this though: they open up at UCF in Orlando next year, week three. Oklahoma State comes to the blue, and they play BYU every year. They have the toughest non-con in the history of the program next year. So all you Vandal fans up there. You know, Boise State might be a legitimate one and two after the first three games. Now you guys would love that. They they might go seven and five next year. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's <laughs> never gonna happen. A man can dream, right? So It'd be Johnny, better for have, my show if they do. Yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> I have one last really indefensible tweet. Uh, Prater tweeted recently asking who you wanted for the Idaho or excuse me the Boise State head coach. Instead of saying Kellen Moore or using a picture of him from his NFL coaching days, you used a gif of him dropping finger guns on the Kibbe Dome turf. How I was can calling you defend that, game. that? 
that was the game that I called. I, I as far as I can remember, I think that was the game that I called. Um, how do I defend it? It's just like, damn, man. Yeah, I went to I went to the University of Idaho to study broadcasting, and I did, and it was awesome. And and I got a job wherever you get your jobs. Like, I, yeah, I would have loved just to stay on campus, go to frat and sorority parties, and just do vandal <laughs> stuff. But guys, I had to grow up. I had to cover other stuff. And when you're in a different market. I mean, you you, you kind of have to, you know, when in Rome type of thing. Like, it doesn't mean that I like them or I'm a fan. It just means that I cover the team. I say that all the time on the show. I'm not a fan of Boise State. I cover the team. And they're paying me pretty freaking good money to do it, man. Way more money than I was making at Big Five Sporting Goods or Bed Bath & Beyond. I like this job way better, guys. So, and that's where I get a lot of like, oh my God, I wouldn't even have your job. I would refuse. I couldn't talk about Boise. I'm like, uh, fine. Okay. Then don't take my job. I, I, I think differently than you. I wanted to be in sports radio, you know, and right now, do I want to be in Boise forever? I don't know. Probably not. Hopefully I go bounce around and go somewhere else. And uh, also... I love Colin. That's my guy, man. I think he's the best in the business. But um, I'll tell you this. Yeah, I, I think he is. Um, here's here's. Can I can I tell him? Hey, Brian. Can I tell you my quick little Kellen story? You know what? My wife actually worked for Kellen Moore's mom when we lived in Prosser. So, yeah, go ahead. Wow. Um, I'm working at ESPN Boise at the time. Me and a guy named Cody Pickett, an ex quarterback, NFL, Washington Husky guy. I became yeah. pretty good friends with me and Cody had tickets to the Zach Brown band concert at Taco Bell arena. Okay. And we got a hammered. Okay. And I ended up stumbling home in a, in a, in a cab or an Uber or whatever. And when I got home, I, I fell asleep in my backyard I was like having a cigarette or something and I just passed out and we had automatic sprinklers. So when I, I woke up in the morning getting hosed by these sprinklers and my cell phone was just done. It was soaking wet. It was over. And it was a it was a Verizon Pantech phone. Look it up. They don't exist. I'm the guy that, that I have an iPhone five right now. I mean I just I don't I don't need the big extravagant phone. So anyway. I had to get a new phone and I lost all my numbers. So I'm sitting there in my office on a Monday at ESPN and I get a text saying, Hey, Johnny, sorry I didn't get back to you. I'm ready to come on the show this week. Just let me know a good time. And it was a, it was a number I did not recognize. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. So I had to do the whole, Hey, new phone, who dis type of thing. Right. <laughs> so I I sent that text. A minute later, I get a text back. It says, Kellen Moore. Like, he had every chance to say, forget this yahoo. I'm not going to text back. He's lost my number. I'm never going to have to put up with his shit and go on his stupid radio show again. I wash my hands clean of this Johnny Ballgame yahoo. And he didn't. He texted back. No, it's Kellen Moore. I'm ready to come on the show. Like I told you, he always texts back. Like it's not anything extravagant. Like he's not 
you know, telling me, you know, fried chicken recipes or shit like that. But, but it's always, Hey, thanks, man. Good stuff. Hey man. Yeah, you're right. Like, like whether he played at Boise state or not, like certainly where I am right now in my market, having a, 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 a pseudo kind of friend that's Kellen Moore. I mean, it advances my profession. Like I'd be an idiot to get on there and say, <laughs> screw you, go Vandals. Like, grow up. Grow up. Anyway, yeah. He's a good dude, man. So, hey, that, I'm, I, friends I, with, I'm friends with Vandals, too. I got Shiloh Ko. <laughs> I got Nate Enderly. I got Mike Upati. I got David Bavora. Vibora. Like, hey, I, I mean. So, I, so, this brings up an awesome point, right? So, Vandals, right? We'll, we'll we'll pull it together for right this moment. Potentially, a lot of rumors going around. Maybe the spring season doesn't happen. Let's say it does. I mean, we're saying we're still – how do the Vandals get more coverage? Because at the end of the day, it's the largest alumni market in the Valley, right? Yeah, we got we got to start winning. That would help first. But, I mean, like, let's say this spring season. How do we get not, – and it's not – well, I'm not blaming KTIK, right? It goes KTVB. Like, there's a lot of it's, – it's all Bronco. But yet, they're missing a huge market of Vandals. And you hear it all the time. Like, for instance, my parents, they dropped the Idaho Statesman. They don't read it anymore because they don't cover the Vandals anymore. So there are people in this market that are literally fed up with all the Bronco stuff. How do you get more Vandal stuff to weasel in? I mean, like, for us, right, we're covering the spring season. Could we just, like, throw you guys our audio tape? You guys probably got some Bronco intern that will get 10 credits. For throwing it on the air, I mean, well, how, how do we get some vandal coverage yeah, going uh, in the spring and going forward in the Boise market? In your opinion, I'm not talking KTIK necessarily, but yeah, like, but Hammond, you know, you're Hammond. in media. How do we how do we fix it? Yeah, Hammond. I mean, you answered your own question, dude. You gotta win now. If you can't win and you're still trying to get it, you know, having stories or whatever, I, you know, I, I'll tell you this: if there is, and this is a big if, I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. But if there is big sky spring football, my God, what a great opportunity for my Vandals. You know, I, I know we'll talk about them. I'll go into the production meeting on Idaho Sports Talk every day saying, did you see the Vandals went to Missoula and beat the freaking Grizz on Saturday? Hell yeah, we're talking about it. Let's get the coach. Let's get the quarterback. Let's get the AD. We'll do all that stuff. Hell yeah. But at some point, you know, the Vandals, we have to – we have to hold up our end of the bargain on this, right? I mean, our basketball team is deplorable. Like, don't even get me started. God damn it. There should They should not ever be that bad at basketball. They have every other resource. They have a lot. I mean, Don Verlin had a good program there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Matt Hobson. Three years ago, you we were preseason number one in the conference. Now we're preseason might not win a conference game. It's a joke. I, I don't, they might not win a game. I mean, I'm talking Mac Hobson, Kashif Watson, Marvin Jones, good good players. Gus you know, Johnson. Stephen Madison. Oh, you want to go Dak Gus Johnson? Yeah. Saying, but we, like, got, we got history, man. Yes, they, they should they 16. should never be they should never be is it oh is it 0-8 oh or 0-9 oh right now? I'm losing the track. We're 0-9, oh no D one wins since March seventh, twenty twenty. Uh twenty twenty. Right? Yeah. March 7th, 2020 so I, is our last game one win. Against East? So I can't. 
Now, I'm not going to do some fluff piece saying, oh, they're really trying. They're going to really come out of this. Hey, hold up hope. Like, no, you got to win games. you got to be better. So, But spring football, if it does happen, and if the Vandals don't embarrass themselves, yeah, hell yeah, we're going to talk about them. I'm gonna, we're scheduled to go up to the Kibbe to do an Idaho sports talk show for like two days, Thursday and Friday, and then we stay for the – the game on Saturday get hammered at the club on Friday like I'm hoping this thing happens man I mean I've uh, one of the things about the big sky and I supported this at the time about making the move down um, I've seen the Vandals play in Portland I've seen the Vandals play in Cheney me and my girlfriend went to a game a couple years ago on the Inferno it was over at halftime which was fine I want to talk back to the parking lot that, that, was yeah, that was my last <laughs> season, John. That was my last season. That was my girlfriend right? was back to the parking lot after halftime and just oh. got vandaled. You know, it was fun. So I like you oh. know Idaho State. I like the Big Sky rivalries. And and, and and you know, call me a moron, but I thought they would be better. I thought them going oh. down to the Big Sky where they yeah. would have muscle in that conference, and they don't, dude. And it's frustrating. So. To answer your question, Hammond, let's win some games, man. Let's get let's, yeah. let's have some moments. Give me I'm Max a, Komar yeah. diving and in, sliding into the end zone, catching the game winner. You know, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Better, yeah. I, I'm, I'll be on. I'll be one of those idiots. I'll be. In, I've got you. I'll be in Prater's mentions. Like, hey, yeah. man, we're winning. You got nothing going this spring, man. We're four and zero. Let's get these guys. Let's hey. get them. Oh. Dude, we'd be excited hey. at one and zero. Hey, yeah, Cam is a good guy. I like Prater. Yeah, he's great, man. Well, I can talk about that if you want to, but give no, your sponsors some plugs because I got to go take a whiz, man. <laughs> Brian Marceau, that would be you with the uh, Patreon. Yeah, you guys, we we have a good thing going. If you're listening to this, you, we'll wrap it up. We're, we're all having a good time. We have we have a handful of patrons that have made, helped us cover costs, keep the lights on. We're always looking for more. Sign up at patreon.com backslash tubs at the club and make a one-time gift at paypal.me backslash tubs at the club. Anyways, so uh, what, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? Do you think we need more coverage in Boise? I'm down here now. I'd like to see more of it. I think it is a little okay. sad and pathetic that we get a lot more coverage from the Spokane market. And you can argue that whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but you're competing with Gonzaga basketball, Washington State football, Eastern Washington football, Montana football. And here we're really competing with what? Boise State, a little bit of Gonzaga. Boise State and like, they also they don't even acknowledge Idaho State down here. So, so I mean, no. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm asking yeah, more. So I used to be in these Spokane media and – we it is Idaho needs more coverage in Boise because they're not going to get it in Spokane unless they start winning a lot of games. Because again, you've got Gonzaga, KXLY is about five minutes away from Gonzaga. Most of the state stations, it's a five ten minute drive. Idaho is an hour and a half drive, and you have honestly you have Whitworth even you have Whitworth Eastern, Wazoo, and Gonzaga that are all either way closer or way more important to people. And so when you have TV stations with one to three people in sports, maybe four if you're if you're KHQ SWX, they're not getting out to Idaho unless they really need to. And so when when Idaho wins three four games a year, they don't care. They can pull a couple highlights from student media and put up ten seconds and say, "Hey, Idaho lost, big whoop." So, 
It, it, they need more coverage in Boise. That's that's where they're yeah. going to get it. They're not going to get it in Spokane. Yeah. I mean, I, I hopefully the spring season does fix that. I mean, I, I literally, while we were talking here, I texted a player and I was like, you think the season's going to happen? Says, I, you know, they hope so. Uh, they're, some teams are going to try, but they know that a lot of teams can't afford to play without playing money games. And this is from players. They're thinking, they know the exact same things that we do. That I mean, you wait, wait like, a few more months, guys, and yeah. then you're on par to start 2021 in the fall. And my, so, my co-host, so, yeah, Mike, yeah, you go for it. Sorry, man. Well, no, yeah, and they're saying that you know, right now, um, they're planning on starting conditioning on Friday, and then they start they start fall camp or whatever you want to call it on the 29th. Um, so yeah, as of right now, days. Idaho's Idaho's playing ahead with play practicing football here in like three weeks. So the Weaver, um, the Weaver guys nailed it. At the end of the day, you're probably going to lose to California's. I don't think Portland State's going to be able to play. Uh, you need six schools. You need seven schools. You need seven schools. Seven schools. You got, you're running seven a six-game conference schedule. You can still run the two bye weeks. You just need seven schools committed, and you play six. You've got Montana. you got Montana State. you got Idaho. you got Idaho State. you got Weber. you got Southern Utah, you're at six. you got NAU. You're at seven. Possibly you lose to Montana's because they're not stoked about having to practice in January and February outside, neither of them have indoor practice facilities. Maybe Eastern and Portland can pull it out. Maybe UC Davis and Cal Poly aren't going to bail, but news today, they're probably going to bail. But yeah, at the end of the day, the Weber State guys are right. You just need seven teams. And whether that is supplementing the two independents out west in Tarleton State and Dixie State, they're playing. You can pull it off. It's Idaho is going from everything we've heard from Scott Green and Terry Gollick. It's going to take everybody else bailing before Idaho pulls the plug. Idaho is in. They've been in since fall. They wanted to play Temple this fall. The Big Sky told them no out-of-conference games. They're ready to play football. We got a quarterback they're ready to showcase in Mike Beaudry. They got C.J. Jordan, who is the number two quarterback in the entire FCS last year, sitting on the bench they want to showcase. Paul Petrino is trying to prove his contract money because he's tired of the fire talk. That That's what it is. The Vandals are ready to play. But yeah. will we get the chance? I Probably. Well, I mean, the dirty, dirty secret too, uh, which is not a dirty secret if you're a Tubbs listener. The Montana schools are not as ecstatic about playing as you would guess, but because they have off, they have no outdoor practice facilities, and the and they're of course they they are their athletic departments financed more by ticket sales than a lot of big sky schools too, and that is of course not irrelevant. But the Montana schools aren't enthusiastic about playing because they have a good chance of not looking very good. And I, I am concerned that Montana schools end up pulling out. And again, I know Montana's hardcore about football. If you follow Montana media, the jury has, has been in since the idea of a bring, uh, spring season first begun. No one is, is close to as enthusiastic out of Montana as they are in Idaho. Yeah. But Johnny, I'm gonna, I have to pull this back. I got to be a selfish bastard now, pull this back to my wheelhouse. I have a question for you. It's about Idaho basketball. It's about the fact that Idaho should have had de facto home court advantage the last two Big Sky Conference tournaments in Boise would be be three this coming season. And we have happened to have three of our worst seasons ever at that exact same time, including a hire that I, I – look, listeners know I'm not ecstatic about the status of our team right now, but we also just don't talk about fire the coach all the time because we talk about the team every week. You got to talk about something new. What is, I guess, what's your response, man, to the state of Idaho basketball and this home court advantage that we've thrown away for three years now? You're talking about the conference tournament being in Boise for the Big Sky? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. First off, I love this. And look, nothing says we're a small conference more than having the champion host the tournament. <laughs> Thank right? you. <laughs> nothing right. says we're small more than that. So that's God like Northeastern it. Conference shit. Yeah. Right? There's discussions you know, no, in the big sky. People want that back. Boise, like, is a, Boise is a good location for okay. it. First off, there's not a team in this town, so you don't have that. But you're right. De facto, Idaho, you're in that state as Idaho is. State. Yes. As is yeah. in Weber is not far, and Southern yeah. Utah is not far, and Portland State and Cheney is not far. Montana's are not far. It's perfect. I love it. I love it. So hopefully. Hopefully they keep that going forever. And people in Boise, hey, they're not going to fly down to Vegas for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. They'll stay right here. No, we'll do our show. I know Sports Talk. We'll do our show from the arena there. I love it. So, yeah, as far as Idaho taking advantage of that opportunity, yeah, that's a broken record around here, right, guys? Idaho's needed to take advantage of a lot of opportunities athletically, and they just haven't been able to do it whether it's wins, losses, whether it's hiring and firings, the administration, like they've stubbed themselves in the foot so toe so many t- damn times. They don't have any toes left anymore, right? Um, that can be a big – nothing would, 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 nothing would make me happier than spring break for the Vandals. They got a good team. They're the one, two, or the three seed in the Big Sky Tournament. It's championship week. So the gambling dollars are flowing. I'm betting on all these conference tournaments, and I'm live right there at CenturyLink or Lumen Arena, whatever the fuck it's going to be called. And the Vandals are a two or three seed, and they got a legit shot to win this thing. Nothing would make me happier. And then, like you guys said, I mean, there's more Vandal alums in Boise than Boise State alums, man. Give Vandal alums – give them – a place to congregate, right? And get there and high-five each other and hug and hand-pound and let's go. Let's get to the goddamn tournament again, you know, for the first time in 40-something-odd years. Let's do this. So, yeah, I love the Big Sky Tournament being in Boise. I talked to Big Sky coaches Jeff Linder at, at, at Northern Colorado the last few years. I'm a good – he's a good buddy of mine – and he, he, you know, again, I'll just say it, and I'll leave it at this. Nothing says, hey, we're small around here than letting the champion of the league host the goddamn tournament. Nothing says we're smaller than that. Play it a neutral site. Yeah, totally agree. And that's been the, that was the big sky's biggest issue. And I'm happy they finally got that figured out. Uh, I guess, John, I just want to kind of ask you, um, what, what's the overall – um, perception of Vandal athletics right now in, in the Boise area. I mean, as Vandals, as people like us, we're, we're well aware of the positivities surrounding university with Scott Green, the new AD. Um, Vandal football has been a mess, but we know this actually, this, like this spring season does happen. We want it to happen because I think Idaho has the chance to actually almost win the conference and come back in the fall and do the same thing. We, we are, we're right there. Um, we know that, but what's the perception? In the in the Treasure Valley and the COU uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The perception is, oh, they still have sports teams up there? Didn't really notice. I mean, that's what it is now, and it's sad. 
You know, yeah. I mean, the most of the, I mean, the, the Vandals, I mean, there's, there's good, there's bad. And then there's like, when you don't even register. And unfortunately the Vandals right now don't register. You guys know this, the two sports that register are football and men's basketball. And the Vandals, for, unfortunately for football, they weren't allowed to play this year. And unfortunately for men's basketball, they were all my time covering Idaho. It's the it's the worst Vandal team uh, I have yeah. ever seen in my life. I mean, this I mean George, I mean freaking George freaking George Pfeiffer teams beat this team by 20. <laughs> fucking Pfeiffer. Leonard Perry on the way out beat these guys. I'll tell you what Idaho needs to do. Okay? I'll tell you what they need to do. And you, you're going to hear it here first. Maybe you guys have already talked about this. Hire back Larry Eustachie. I know it sounds ridiculous. And you got to keep him out of the sorority and the frats because he will party. You got to limit his time at the corner club because he will be That's there tough. a lot. You know, the only the only time on my show I've ever had to press the dump button for a coach saying bad words was Larry Eustachie. And if you guys don't know him, look him up. He's not coaching. He just moved to Boise a couple of weeks ago, I heard. He was the best Idaho Vandal coach in basketball that they have had, honestly, in the last 30 years. You guys remember what Larry Eustachie did? His fight, you know, he, uh, he was after Monson, yes. Yeah, but Larry Eustachie's. Well, Larry Eustachie's last year was 24 and 8. Okay. And then Utah mm -hmm. State. I talked I talked to Eustachie about this. I had him on a show and he's like, Yeah, Utah State offered me like 150 grand more. That's it. And Idaho wouldn't match it. He likes Van uh, Larry Eustachie likes going to the corner club. Look, I'm at the point with I, I he does. I'm at the point with the Vandals right now where like, to be honest, let's not joke around. A year ago this time, you probably could have had interest from, like, a Rick Patino, a sleazeball slime bucket who just wants to coach. But he's going to win the league for you. You know, I'm at the point where right now as a Vandal fan, if you're going to give me a Rick Patino, if you're going to give me a Larry Eustachie who has had some tough times and some battles and whatnot, I'm okay to work with him on that if we're going to be winning 20 games. And, you know, Zach Claus was given a very tough situation. I mean, he was given – I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's an 11-year-old who doesn't have a driver's license, and they're asking him to drive a, a Porsche. And he's not going to know what he's doing here, guys. Anyway, it's very frustrating with Vandal Hoops right now. It's been this way since 2018. And um, I, I I would love to see Larry Eustachie get that gig. I think he might take it. He's lived there before, guys. He wants see, to coach. 61, 61 and 33 in three seasons in Moscow. Yeah, and see, uh, my my problem was, and you've touched on it, you know, Klaus getting the job, whatever. It is what it is. Um, but my whole thing was like, right, the AD, that was her first hire. Uh, Terry got to make a move. She came from Wisconsin. She had spent like two decades at the UW athletic department. And we can't Madison. go interview. You tell me there's nobody that's come through as an assistant coach 
from the University of Wisconsin she had connections with where she could go, do you want a head coaching job? Come to Moscow. I will give you your opportunity to prove with that. With a like, brand Wisconsin, new arena. A brand yeah, new arena. A brand new too. arena on the way. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, how yeah, can yeah, you attract yeah. a former Wisconsin person to this job? In, the easiest but recruiting thing in the it. world. Come play in this brand new $50 million arena as a player. Okay. That's cool. I, hey, is that next year? We're, we're good on this yeah. or have there been delays? August, August, August of this August of this year. August She's looking beautiful. Year. I wish she would come I'm to the club and tell that. me, let's get out of here. I'll be up there for that, for sure. Because be you brought it up. Chris, because you brought it up, and again, because when when Dallas and I talk about the basketball team every week, there are some things we have to choose to not talk about to make it work. When you say we all know what it is, or it is what it is, I need I need you to actually enunciate what you mean it is. We, we all know what 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 was Marceau. Sorry, man. He, he said mean, the Zach Ross thing. We all know what it is, and I think what gets lost is is at times moving on the like, hey, we all know what it is. But when we enunciate what it is, which is there was just no money to do a national coaching search and we pretended we did something, we pretended it was a strategic decision. It, it is a very different understanding to me of when we actually go over that. No, like we know the guy's not the right guy for the job. Heck, we had an AD, associate AD on who after Zach Kloss had been on there a year. And again, we love Mahmoud. We want him back on sometime. When he, we've had a coach for a year, and he says, yeah, the question is, can the guy coach? Like, we actually know the answer, don't we? I sent an email to a couple people within that athletic department, and I didn't get anything back because they probably like, well, what the hell is this guy talking about? My suggestion was promote John Newley to the men. Um, I was around Newley for two years. He's the best hire that they've had in Moscow in the last decade. And it's not even close. That guy goes to the NCAA tournament with Idaho. What is it? Is it two or three now? What's the count? How many times has newly three? Three. Is it four, is it four, four. now? I think it's four. He's one. He's four. One. It would have been five one. last year. They would have beat ISU, but the canceled, the tournament got canceled at the championship game coming out of the locker room. Offer newly a little bit more, and let John Newley coach the men. I know John Newley tremendously well, obviously. I was his radio guy for the first two years when he had on the job, and me and him spent a lot of time together, a lot of time together on the road. And and he's a really good friend of mine, and he taught me more about basketball than anybody. I'll I'll tell you this, when, when I was the radio guy, like my day consisted when we were on the road, I didn't have to be anywhere until I had to be at the arena for the game. But John Newley was such a stud, so beneficial for me. And I was trying to learn. I would go to all his practices because I would learn about basketball. I'd sit there with my notes, and it would help my broadcast that night because I knew kind of the game plan. If John Newley is screaming at the girl saying, we will not let these two players shoot threes on us, I repeat, we will not let that happen. So when I go on the air that night, I can say, hey, you know, John Newley was saying, hey, they're going to try to prevent these two players in particular for shooting threes, that type of thing. Why didn't they? I mean, no one ever wants to do that. Basketball is basketball. John Newley's a tough guy, too. I think he'd be great with men. And I could fucking promise you this. John Newley right now with that men's team is – 
not 0 and 9. I would promise you that. Um, but I get it. You don't want to do that. And my emails were never returned. Whatever, they'll figure out. I mean, Claus, bless his heart, that's a tough gig. He's working his tail off, and his staff is too, and I'm rooting for him. But I, I, I can't imagine he's there next year. And um, we'll see where what direction they go in. But, hey, John Newley, give him, I think he'd be yeah. fine there, guys. Not I really bad. do. We have a stat correction from the research desk. Three NCAA appearances, 2013, 14, and 16, I believe, against Louisville, Baylor, and UConn. Uh, I just oh. gave them the fourth last year uh, based on they would have beat Idaho State. That's what goes in my head. But anyways, ball game. Getting ice. This is the segment where we've been grilling you. and We've grilled you more than most guests just because uh, apparently this was news to us. A lot of people consider you a Bronco now, so we figured we'd clear the air with that, right? But this is your – chance here you can ask us anything you want sports related or not and we all have to answer it so hit us best shot what do you want to know all right um dallas i'll start with you mr program director all right um what of this lineup brian chris alex dallas who is the least talented that you fucking work with <laughs> oh this is a good one he's he's gotta be careful this is only his third this is my third, third show yeah hey man take it with a grain of salt we're all kidding around here okay but, you know. <laughs> where did i put dallas's I'm, contract yeah. <laughs> i'm uh i'm gonna go boatman because he's a long snapper and anybody can do that oh <laughs> give me that takes the most talent it takes the yeah. most talent. Hey, you've got long snappers get scholarships. Long snappers That's get scholarships. That's true. I didn't. So paid paid they for my do. school. They do. All right. Yep. Who's, next? Who's next? Um. All right. Uh. Chris Hammond. Let's let, let let um. Let me ask you this. Um. I'm gonna give you trivia. You're wearing fucking Sonics jersey, oh, Mister Seattle guy. So um. All right. Who when Gary Payton. Became the all-time leading scorer in Supersonics history. Whose record did he beat? Was it Downtown Freddie Brown? Correct. Nice job, Downtown wow. Freddie Brown. Very impressed. Um, all right, let's go, Brian Marceau. <laughs> Fucking Brian. Um, <laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's go, Mister Marceau here. Um, I kind of want to go vandals with him. Um, he's our basketball guy too, so he's a hoopster. Okay, um, he knows football though, pretty dang well. But he's our hoops main guy. I don't know if I want to do trivia or just ask a question. All right, um, Brian, where is Brian Marceau in five years? Where's Brian Marceau in five years? If enough things go well, Brian Marceau is – I'm living in Spokane. Tubbs at the club is making enough money that I can think <laughs> about retiring my teaching credentials. And I am beginning a book tour on my second novel. There we okay. Go. Hey, John, we got, we got a quick little – I got a little trivia question for you then real quick. Actually, no, sorry. You saw Boatman's question. I apologize. We'll go after. Hey, I, I, I got to add. I forgot to add. 
So guys, many in the not, administration listen to our podcast that they are grabbing me for the uh, search committee for our next men's basketball coach. Yes. There we Please. go. You should be on it. Larry Ustasey, okay? <laughs> Larry Ustasey <laughs> would win 20 games year one, probably win the big sky. Like, it's, but, but, I'll take Verlin back at this point. I, I, me yeah. too. Verlin, Verlin was a good guy. Great coach. Guy, good, one. Yeah, right? Like, Verlin was solid, so what, man. One dude didn't have a whistle and stood as a cone. Big deal. Come on. You, know, that, you, were, never, never, you, were, you were never last place when we had Verlin. Never last place. You know, you know people rip it Rob Spear. when you took that job. Well, people rip Rob Spear. He hired Aki, which we're worked for the first couple of years. I love Rob yeah. Spear. I worked for him, too. He's a friend of mine, big time. He hired Verlin, and he hired Newley. Those were good hires there. They really were. And anyway, well, that's another podcast. And then minor staff um, correction, we were last, Verlin's last year. Oh, well, there we go. Sorry, sorry, Brian. Yeah. Sorry, and he Brian. blamed, that's right. Cool. So See, there he is. All right, there we go. Well, anyways, yeah, what's, anyway. Bo what's, what's Boatman's eyes? Yeah, all right, Boatman. Um, when you were there playing, mm -hmm. who's one guy if you had to go into the dark alley with, and you're probably going to get your ass kicked going in this dark alley. It's messed up. You can mm -hmm. pick one teammate to come with you. Who would that be and why? It's Ed Hall. Um, if you're familiar with our team, he was a uh, – our starting weak side linebacker. He and I were roommates. We were best friends. Uh, we were both walk-ons at the time. But uh, Ed's also a UFC fanatic. That's what's not really known about him. Uh, Ed, Ed, to this day, Ed and I watch most UFC fights. Uh, we like to gamble on them. Uh, so I know he could probably pull out some UFC UFC moves if I if he needed to. And uh, also, if you ever seen Ed, like the guy probably has like two percent body fat. And uh, he, you know what he does for workouts now, Chris? He still looks the same. He works out for 15 minutes a day at home. Doesn't go to the gym. Doesn't lift any weights. Just looks and, the same. Cut up. Biggest biceps. And you're leaving out the biggest asset, dude. He's an Alaskan, and they're freaking crazy. Yeah, it, is, yeah. it is dark there for six months, and it yeah, so, doesn't set for six months. So he's getting in bar fights at 2 a.m. in broad daylight in the snow in July. Like, Alaskans are crazy, man. It, it, hey, actually, for you too. Quick, quick story. So we were, we were at the club. God, maybe it was like spring 20, 2017 or maybe fall 2017, 28, spring 2018. We're at the club. And there's a fight. There's a fight breaking out. And it's actually guys from Lewis. And I knew the guys were in the fight with the, with the bouncers. They're kicking them out because they are being assholes. And they start they start throwing punches at, at the at the bartenders and the bouncers. There's a massive fight outside. The cops come, but Ed's out there pulling dudes off of the off of the bartenders and bouncers because we were all friends with them. We, I mean, they, they were great guys. They know us. We knew them. And Ed's pulling guys off, has no business being out there, but he's out there putting guys in the gravel, getting uh, making sure they're not hurting our, hurting our guys in the club. So, yeah, that was – I'm like, all right, I know I could take Ed with me to, to uh, an yeah. alley fight if I need to. Your predecessor did that for me, Marius Bergsmiller at the bar. Oh, Marius. Marius. Breaks, breaking it up, and all of a sudden I see it. I'm a little drunk. I'm a couple of Montuckies deep. I'm walking up to this guy, and all of a sudden I just feel his big arms around me. He lifts me up because I was pretty good friends with Marius. And he goes, we've got this little buddy, and just picks me up and carries me 20 yards away. The guy was in the German <laughs> army. That would be also a good pick, too. Dude. I would not mess with Marius. That's who no. I would put in now, I do. That's the weird thing about college, too, because I remember the first time I saw Mike Upati, okay? 
um, Mike. Like, like, like I saw him in a, it, it was at, at, at a bar and, and, and I was talking to some of his buddies, guys who played with them, Taylor Rust, um, who was a pass rusher at the time, David Vabora, Shiloh, like that, that era. And I saw big Mike and was just like, dude, this guy is a monster. And he was such a nice guy and whatnot, but it's funny when you're in college, cause that dynamic where you have the football players and just the regular old students, the football players are just massive, you know? Yeah. Like you potty was. Even was in like, Idaho. Yeah, you guys are the same age, you know, same academic level, but these other dudes are just stinking beasts. Even in Idaho at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, like – it's a fun dynamic, and uh, that's why you, you go know, drink with the receivers and the DBs, because then you, uh, then you actually <laughs> launch that. Hey, 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 um, uh, hey, hey, Alex, the long yeah. snapper when I was there was Joel. Um, can you help me on this? Great guy. It was a three-year starter at long snapper on full scholarship. Who- Joel. Uh, damn it! I'm, I'm I'm disappointed. I can't remember. He's throwing him back but- to TJ Conley. Oh, TJ hey. Conley was the punter, man. He was a stud. Idaho's too. punter, you. Idaho's punter, you. That's all I gotta you? say. I don't know the. I don't know the. Yeah. I don't know the snapper. God, I don't know. We'll I don't know. Yeah, the yeah, 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 Joel something, but yeah, TJ but, Conley. Thanks for the reference there. Does, he's he's not even the best one. Starter Austin, Austin Rico yeah. is still the best one. Rico signed TJ, a futures contract T- with uh, sure, the Colts, sure. by the way. TJ opened the door. He started the U. Yeah, TJ, and then it went Bobby. Bobby. Then it went Rico. It's going coffee, and then we'll see from there. We got another Rico on deck. Um, anyways, yeah. time to close the bar, boys. We went a little yeah. longer than normal. Well, actually, it's usually about our normal time, but we were starting to get really good about hitting that hour mark. So for the listeners that like it, you're welcome. For the listeners that don't, um, Sorry about it. Uh, and for those of you that are Johnny Ballgame fans and listen to us, for the, it was Joel Jones. Uh, the first uh, time we've had yes, Robbie, Joel Jones. we've had Fabora. So, you know, he's mentioned some names. If you're just curious, bored one day, give us a look. Anyways, uh, Ballgame, I mean, we want to appreciate you coming on. Hopefully the Vandals are winning so we can start calling in the Idaho Sports Talk and giving you guys some Vandal content. But in the meantime, while the Vandals figure their stuff out, how can the people find you? And if they want to interact with you, what's the best way? I guess Twitter, you know, um, what is it? Ball game underscore KTIK, Johnny ball game, John Mallory, just look it up there and, and do your thing. Um, pretty, pretty easy to, to talk with and whatnot. And um, I love what you guys are doing. Like I said, I, for people watching this, I invited myself on this show. I've watched it. These guys are awesome. I follow them on Twitter Idaho needs stuff like this. They need a cool show. And if I was able to add to that, great. If I took away from it, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. like I'm just glad glad to be a part of it. And uh, you guys keep calling me. I'd love to come on once every couple months, once every month, once every three months, whatever you guys can do. Um, I'd love to come on and do this, drink a couple beers and come on and talk some vandals. I don't get to do this enough. Yeah, and hey, Man, you know we what? Can't, we, we can't do this in Boise. You know, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Boise State <laughs> stuff. You know, we got the Bronco hate out of the way. So next time you're on, this will be a repeat guest. We told Dennis Patson the same thing. It took us too long to put him on. Same thing for DP. you. Now we now we got it all out of the way, man. Right? So like next time we're talking strictly Vandies. So we'll we'll just be VTF and you all up, and we'll be ready to roll. Uh, anyways, for the rest of us, if you're watching on YouTube, it's on our things. If not. 
We'll go first namers first. We got myself at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. Then you have Brian Marceau at Brian Marceau, M-A-R-C-E-A-U. Then you've got the two last namers first. And producer at Hammer Dallas and Alex the Boat Boatman at Boatman Alex. Next week, same time. We're just going, I guess, we, for first-time listeners, we don't usually talk this much Broncos. But we have the Blue and Orange podcast on next week to talk a little bit more Bronco basketball and Olympic sports and trying to get the rivalry back on the books. So if you did dig all the Broncos stuff, congratulations. You get another week. After that, we are going FCS preview, Big Sky preview, Vandal preview, S or Northern Colorado, because it is kickoff time, baby. We are 46 days until Vandal kickoff. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, that is going to happen. You have Brian, Dallas, and Martin holding down the fort for basketball content every Saturday, a couple minutes after the game. We'll start with the men's with Brian and Dallas, and then we'll have Martin wrapping it up. He's looking for a co-host or producer, so if you're interested, let us know. Uh, next game is Northern Colorado. That'll be on Pluto TV Thursday, January 14th, and January uh, Saturday, January 16th. Make sure you join them live on YouTube after. Uh, that's it. It is now time for the best band in all the land, the sound of Idaho, to play us out. Go Vandals.